Hey, what's going on, Central Valley Kyle fam? Man, we have a unique and fun episode for today. Last relating dating and mating, there were a lot of questions that were asked that we did not get to answer. So today we have Martine and Dominique Sanchez specifically answering your questions. Let's talk about it. We are CVXA, a student faith movement for all nations across the Central Valley College campuses. We believe in a Holy Spirit-led life filled with real devotion, real brotherhood, and real responsibility. Our prayer for you is that you will learn and grow through today's podcast. Hey, what's up, CBXA fam? Dami and I are here, chilling, getting ready to ask, answer some of your questions. Hey, everyone. We're super excited. Definitely, definitely. You guys, uh, man, Relating Dating Many was amazing, powerful, powerful testimonies. Man, we, we just had a great time with it. Super thankful to all our alumni that came back and shared, you know, wisdom, things that they've gone through, uh, and even just their personal victories in their marriages, and even in the singles, uh, you know, the seasons of singleness. And so today we have quite a bit of questions that we get to answer, which we're looking forward to. Uh, but I do need to point you guys back to um, some of the podcasts that uh, Vanessa and Jamil did a phenomenal job on. Some of the questions that you uh, sent in to us. They're actually on those podcasts. So I'm going to ask you guys, man, if you send in some of your questions and you're like, man, that question didn't get answered, well, here's why. It's either in the season of stewarding your singleness or boundaries or navigating romantic relationships in our CVXA podcast. So go back and listen to those. Uh, They are filled with lots of wisdom and really uh, anchor you biblically, uh, scripturally in how to walk those out. And so, man, we're going to start right off the gate here with the first question how do i deal with checking out the opposite sex while married oh man what a good good question man i'm gonna point us back to the word uh job 31 1 says i made a covenant with my eyes not to look with lust at a young woman men I'm specifically talking to the men. This is more because we're more uh, visual creatures. We, we, we see more with our eyes. And so I know this uh, can be a bit more challenging for men rather than women. Uh, but men, I need you to know that, um, you know, as a married man, it doesn't stop. Uh, you know, the temptation to check out another attractive woman uh, never stops. Uh, but it's what you do with your eyes in those moments. Um, you know, do you take a second glance? Um, and so this is where, as a man, we need to walk in self-control of really what the Word says. And even Matthew 5, 27 uh, and 28 says, you know, we're not to commit adultery, but Jesus even says that if anyone who looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. And so therefore, it's learning about how to have self-control in that area. Uh, and if this is a temptation, uh, which personally it still is. I'm, I'm tempted. There's a lot of great looking people out there. However, uh, it's what you do with that temptation and, and know that you're not your temptation. Uh, when it becomes a sin, it's because you actually looked at a, uh, at a woman with a second glance or third glance when you know you should have looked again. And so for me, um, there's a lot of things that I do and that's one of the things that I meditate on. Man, I'm a man of purity. I'm holy because God, you you are holy. And so you meditate on scriptures, uh, but more than anything, my key verse, uh, whenever there's um, you know a temptation, I go to Job 31.1 and it's, I made a covenant with my eyes to never look upon a woman lustfully. 
and then why? Why do I do that? Because I love my bride, because I love Dominique, because she's the only one that I have eyes for, because she's the only one I'm passionate about and desire to have, you know, those, those passionate desires towards. And so that's how you would deal with uh, looking at the opposite sex, babe. Is there anything you want to add on regarding, you know, for women? I know it's a little bit different for women. Yeah, and I think even you were mentioning about in marriage, but what about when you're single Ooh, and you yeah. don't have another woman that you're like, oh, she's my only one. But uh, one thing that we learned on our first couple years of marriage, I remember a good friend of ours taught us to pray for each other, but you can do this for yourself too, to say, God, guard my eyes. And you know, like, you know where you're going already. Like, I don't know, I'm thinking like campus, right? And... Uh, there's great temptation there, or it's a class that you know you're attracted to a certain person or whatever. Like, guard, already put your walls, your, your, yeah, your boundaries up, your, your, uh, be on the lookout to, uh, for those temptations and ask the Lord, guard my eyes. And, uh, it is a powerful prayer. Like, prayer is very powerful, and you'll be surprised how many times, um, the temptation was there, but it wasn't as strong. I'm speaking, I feel like I'm speaking for no, you. No, yeah. But as a, a single person, I think you still do the same things, even as if you were married. Mm -hmm. Because it's not different. It married won't change. Jesus. Yeah. So for women, what are the things that that we meditate on? I feel like maybe for me, it's not a temptation to look at another guy. But maybe the way they talk to me or the way that I... Um, the, the way I think about them or um, my thoughts, I think is more in my thought life. And I usually go back to, am I watching something? Is there shows that I'm watching? Is there things that I'm really meditating on? I know girls, we all like, love Hallmark and things like that. But when I was single, uh, those things did not help me at all to... To guard, and I know the question was, how do you guard your eyes specifically? But I'm going into how do you guard your heart in general? Uh, when I was single and the, and what I was giving um, a time to the Lord in singleness, I remember that was one of the big things that I did not I did not watch any Hallmark movies or any romantic shows because then I would be meditating. And that, and I remember going to class and being like, okay, can he be the one? Or what about that one and that one? And just because I was constantly meditating on love or lost or the one or all these romantic um, things that society has put out there. So, again, with women, it might not be just your eyes, but your thoughts. So, yeah, I think guarding your thoughts, guarding, guarding your heart, guarding your eyes. Definitely, that's good. Awesome. Next, we're going to go into, um, can you lust after your spouse? Ooh. Whoa, that's a great, great question. Can you? So, man, can we, man? Can you, babe? Can you lust after me? I can I lust know. after you? <laughs> I don't know about that one. Man, but if we look up, you know, the meaning of lust, what does lust mean? It means to have a very strong sexual desire towards someone. And the answer is yes. Yes, you are married, right? Right, if you've already, you're married, you're in a covenant relationship with your spouse, um, you get to give all your passion, your desire, like all those things that you've been storing up as a single man or a single woman. Um, yes, you get to give that all to your spouse. 
And in this case, yes, I get to give it all to my bride, only my bride, um, you know, for the rest of my life. Um, and so the rest of her and I being alive, you know, the, the covenant that we've made before the Lord and before each other and our family and friends. And so, yes, um, that is the only context, right, uh, in a covenant relationship where you can lust after your spouse. Yeah. I remember one time um, Vanessa mentioned how uh, culture, society, the world, right, has bombarded, especially guys, with pictures of pornography and all this stuff. And to think that now you come into marriage and, and you can't lust after your wife or you can't look at your wife. Uh, I'm just I'm talking to the men, right? Passionately or anything like that. Like would be very desire, yeah. very hard. Like no, once you're married, you can. Especially with all like the world has bombarded you now. Freely, you can do it in marriage, uh, and lost after your spouse. Yeah. yeah, awesome. Remember though, only when you're married. Yeah. And only with your spouse. All right. Next question we have: What is your advice to a woman dealing with a healing heart from a break? What would you say to that, babe? Um, well, the verse that comes to mind is Psalms 147.3 that says, He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Um, I the breakup and healing your heart ask the lord like how do you deal with pain i know i'm um, jumping ahead but there's a few other questions that i think we can um, put together but another question was how do you handle rejection or how do you move forward when the lord is asking me to let them go and i feel like they can all go in the same yeah. uh, category, category. Hand in hand. yeah like how do you deal with pain how do you uh process through healing and those are very good things to learn now that you're single than once you have a family that that you're dragging through right like I don't think I learned how to deal with healing or even pain or rejection when I was single um, but some of the things that come to mind that I did do when Martin broke up with me like many of you Wait, know what? <laughs> um, but yeah he broke up with me for a season and we got back together, but we're not going to go into all the details. But during that season, I remember uh, literally that that verse was what angered me, that he was near to me. He was he was the one taking, taking care of my wounds. And I remember just journaling my heart out to the Lord, worshiping every night. Because nighttime, when I wasn't around people, that was the hardest part of the day for me when I would meditate on my pain or my hurts and all this stuff. Um, 
right now I was just sharing with Martin that I, as I'm about to give birth to our third baby. Woo! Um, yeah. It's, uh, we've been thinking, right? I've been thinking a lot about pain and the pain that I'm about to go through. And it's easy to meditate on the pain and relate it to fear. Uh, but um, our doula yesterday in one of the classes showed me a diagram where it's, it's, a, it's like a cycle where pain invites fear and then fear creates more pain and pain. And it's like this cycle of pain and fear, pain and fear, and it increases. It, it doesn't stay small, but if you allow pain to bring in fear, uh, but if we see pain as, in, in this case, I, I know pain is not always good, right? Like if you touch something that's burning. Yeah, a hot oven. You yeah. Yourself. That pain, it, it is good actually, because indicator. it is an indicator to tell you get away. Um, same in this case, I feel like when there is pain in your heart, maybe thinking through, okay, why why is this painful? Did I gave too much of myself? Was mm-hmm. was this um was this not healthy or maybe it was a healthy relationship and you guys walked boundaries out and and everything but you just decided this is not for me well it is it's okay to feel the pain and let your heart heal and let the lord heal your heart and but now instead of letting fear in and i think that's where many of us can go wrong with when healing our healing our hearts is fear meditating on fear are you fearful of being alone are you fearful of uh, yeah, being rejected? Be, yeah, rejection or was I not good enough? Like, what right. are you, what is, what's the fear behind the pain? And like I'm learning right now, uh, uh, as I'm going gonna go, I'm to go into labor, thinking through what's the purpose of the pain? Pain in this case is good. I'm going to let my heart heal and invite truth instead of fear. So what are, even if you have, I did this yesterday, write down the biggest fears. Why, why are you so hurt? What's the fear? What's the fear behind the pain? And then ask the Lord to replace that with truth. Well, it wasn't this season. I am actually going to get ready for the one that is for me. Okay, well then when the pain comes and meditate on those things. No, this is good. I am getting ready for the one that is for me. I am getting ready for my family. This time, you know, I'm 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 learning how to grow in certain areas in my heart. Like what's the truth? Are you were you rejected? Hey, that that's okay. That's not our identity. That's the person doesn't define who you are is the Lord. So I I would feel I feel like with all these questions anchoring back in truth. What's the fear? And it's okay to write it down. And then ask the Lord, replace those these things with truths and meditating. It might take you writing them down and carrying them in sticky notes in your computer or um, what else can they do? Yeah, on their cell phones, you know, even writing declarations, right? We've talked about this. We've taught about this a few weeks back on, you know, meditating on the declarations on God's truth. And so are you meditating on God's truth? Are you meditating? on these uh you know biblical affirmations that you've made for yourself you know with like i'm chosen i'm valued i'm cherished i'm loved right because uh, i know one of the things that sometimes with rejection comes the fact of like man i can't open up my heart to anyone else uh, and then it could even cause you to not 
even open up your feelings and your heart, you know, your true heart to the Lord, to your father in heaven. And so it's meditating on like, man, if it didn't work out, it doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you. It doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with the person. It just means it didn't work out. And it's better to find that out now, right? You know, in, in a season of courtship rather than in a season of like, man, your marriage and then things are collapsing because those things didn't get resolved, you know, mm-hmm. earlier or before. And so, um, again, turn that pain into, um, you know, give your pain a, a purpose, And so sometimes in that pain, the purpose is, man, it didn't work out. I'm hurt right now. It hurts. I'm going to work through all these feelings, these emotions, these lies. I'm going to bring truth into it. But God, thank you because you know all things. Mm -hmm. And you know what's better for me than I know for myself. Mm -hmm. And the reality is sometimes we bring on this pain to ourselves where maybe the Lord was and, and through even maybe some of our, you know, brothers or sisters, you know, we were getting counsel and they're like, you know, maybe it's not the right season. Maybe it's not the right time. And maybe the fact is that you brought this pain onto yourself because you didn't heed the counsel of wisdom or, or you know, even obey God as you, you maybe felt a yellow flag or a, or a red flag. However, don't dwell on that. Learn from it, right? Like give that pain a purpose. So now learn from it and say, I'm not going to make that same mistake again. If anything, I'm going to bring and I'm going to invite people. I'm going to invite women or men who are going to actually help counsel me through this, you know, have a dream team of like, man, I really like this woman. How should I proceed? Um, You know, and so again, I want to go back to what Namariz was sharing. Like it it goes back into allowing God to come into those places of hurt um, to heal your wounds. And what we've also learned personally is that sometimes Um, you know, that rejection or that pain, it's actually an invitation for God to take you even deeper, right? There's things that, you know, I experienced that I was like, man, why am I feeling rejected? Well, then now the Holy Spirit came in and was like, well, the moment that you first opened to the spirit of rejection was when fill in the blank, you were five years old and, you know, your mom didn't give you something and and you felt rejected or, or whatever it is, right? And so sometimes there's things in our hearts that are even deeper than the issues that we're currently facing, but, but it's an invitation from the Holy Spirit to heal those places in your heart so that when you do go into a season of now being, you know, a married man or a married woman, now you're able to walk in greater freedom and greater um, just joy in that new relationship, in that new covenant, um, and you won't face that again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, along those lines, like that question, how do I move forward when the Lord is asking me to let them go? I joke about this with my team, but I'm like, let it go, let it go. Uh, like Frozen says, right? Like it's true. Just be obedient to the Lord. You won't regret that decision. You won't look five years from from now and be like, oh man, I I should have gone after him or her. Like no, just be obedient. It's step by step. Uh, use the affirmations or meditate in God's truth on why it's not the season. And I think, I know I'm coming back to this one thing, but community, community is very important. In every season in life, I think having your dream team, I know Vanessa and Jamie will talk about it, uh, people that support you, friends. Like if you're single right now, like friends, it's a great, it heals the heart. Like God gave, uh, gave us friends for a reason, even as a mom. I need friends around and just 
develop those relationships, grow in friendships, mm-hmm. uh, learn how to be friends with the opposite sex without right. attraction or right, right. things like that. Like grow, it, it's a good thing. Even what Martin was saying is beautiful that uh, in this season, in, in every season, a rejection might be a, a invitation from the Holy Spirit to to deep deeper into your heart and heal those wounds from the past. So again, give that rejection, that pain, a purpose, and move forward. Uh, anchor, anchor in the Lord, and look for people that are going to stand with you in this season. Right, and the last thing we want to add to this is that you know, in those moments where you are feeling either rejected or there's pain and hurt and maybe even some confusion. Remember, God's not giving you a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. Um, And that also, you know, God is closer than a brother. He's closer than the very skin that's on our bodies. And so know that, you know, Jesus even was rejected. Jesus felt pain and hurt. And so you're not the only one that's gone through this. Um, Jesus has also gone through it. So he knows exactly what you're experiencing. But also know that, you know, this pain that you may be in right now, it's not going to be forever, friends. It may feel like it in the moment. I look back to some of those moments that I've had. I'm like, man, this is always going to be my life. But no, it's not, friends. The word says that there's joy forevermore in the right hand of God. There's pleasures forevermore in his right hand. And so trust us, man, God's going to redeem. God's going to renew and God's going to restore everything that may have been lost or broken in that season. But but trust us when we say that God is faithful to bring greater joy, peace, righteousness. He's going to make a story out of this. And you're going to look back five, 10 years from now, you're going to be like, wow, God, thank you for saving me from that relationship. Because man, I'm walking in great blessings and great joy and great um, just excitement in this new season. And so, man, that's, that was a, pretty packed one. Uh, But we're going to go into how has your family impacted the way you looked at relationships and marriages? That's another big uh, and deep question. Um, But I'm going to say it this way, significantly, right? Our our families, our family dynamics, the way our parents, you know, uh, parented us, but also even looking at their marriage, uh, or maybe, you know, there was uh, you know, a divorce in the family or, or whatnot. And so there's so much that goes into this. Um, but definitely we have learned, Damaris and I, our, our, our own, you know, parents and their marriages, um, you know, we a lot of the things that we saw were like the way they communicate towards one another. The way they handle conflict. The way they handle conflict. That's definitely another one, right? And so um, if you saw a lot of chaos and a lot of yelling and a lot of Um, you know things being thrown at you and you're like whoa what's happening right now it creates this yeah no it's true we laugh and God's healed us in a lot of those places in our hearts Um, but the truth is is that you know we what we see is what we replicate but that's where we get to invite God and the Holy Spirit to renew our mindsets to renew the way we think about marriages there's even some people that I know of that have grown up and are like I don't want to be married because I don't want to recreate the marriage that my parents had. Well, friends, you don't have to. This is, again, you invite the Holy Spirit and you give him that place to actually renew mindsets, to actually bring healing to those places in your heart. Because the reality is, you know, God wants us to be fruitful and to multiply. And so um, definitely, 
there are moments maybe where, you know, things were swept under the rug, you know, disagreements that, that were swept under the rug and there was huge blowouts. And so, you know, you, you want to find a way to, to bring in healthy, um, you know, counsel. You want to make sure that, you know, you invite people even into your marriage when you are married. Um, you know, there's so much that you can learn from other marriages and, you know, no marriage is perfect, friends. I need you guys to hear that. No marriage is perfect. Um, but every single day we walk up, we wake up and we say yes to one another. Um, and we say, how can we make our marriage better? How can we look more like Jesus in our marriage towards one another so that the world can see our marriage and say, wow, there is a God. And then even our children can say, wow, no, my mom and dad really have have placed God at the center of their marriage and they're really walking this out. Yeah, I mean, I feel like you went through it very detailed. The biggest things was how do you handle conflict? How do you communicate to each other? And I would say like maybe you even if you're single, you're right now you can look at your relationships and how do you handle conflict right now with friends? Might be the way that you want to handle conflict with your spouse as well once you're married. Maybe if you don't like something they said, you stop talking to them or you block them from Facebook or <laughs> or you, you don't address it. Uh, so yeah, look yeah. for those things and maybe start working on those things now. And and, med, and um, I know we in Chi Alpha, we've talked about conflict and how to go about and what Matthew 18 says and all that stuff is good to grow now and not wait until you're married to heal those things. And ask the Lord too, like, is there... Uh, maybe your parents had a great marriage and yeah, you learn true. all this stuff, but there's there always, I'm sure there's always, I'm sure as much as Martin and I uh, try and pray and are anchor in the Lord and, and all this stuff that I'm pretty sure that my kids will um, have to go through, yeah, through things and learn and maybe be like, well, that was not the healthiest growing up and, yeah. and it's okay to to look at what our families gave us and grab what is good and uh and in process with the lord what's not so good and heal from that but again now that you're single it's better to grow in those areas than when you're married married yeah i know i laugh or i we joke about it but in our first two years of marriage like we had to go through a lot of pain a lot of growing a lot of uh, because Maturing, I yeah. would think, I think most of it was because we just didn't know how to handle conflict. Right. In our it. homes, it was very unhealthy. We either didn't talk about it or we yell at each other or throw things right. at each other because that's what we saw. That's what we saw growing up. Oh, when we're when mom is dad mad, especially in a Latino home, and I, <laughs> I know it's it's a funny joke, but the Latina would come out at me and. And be like, this is how we handle conflict. This is how mom did it. So I'm just going to do what I know. And right. yeah, so asking the Lord right now to to show you how to deal with conflict. Right. And ultimately, right, like if we're created in the image of God and the likeliness of God, therefore, you know, when we yell at each other, one, we're not honoring that person, whether you're married or whether you're single, right? But then also we're not honoring the Lord. And so it's remembering like, man, whoever I'm talking to at that moment in my life, whether married or single, you know, am I honoring this person to the best of my ability? Am I honoring, you know, who God created this person to be? 
And so a lot of those things we learned, you know, healthy ways of confronting, how to, you know, approach one another, um, you know, wording that helps one another so that we don't feel attacked, um, you know, or we get defensive, um, but ultimately so that we can know that, man, you know what, but hey, when you said this, it really hurt my feelings, right? And then from there, she can actually explain and say, you know what? Oh, that wasn't my intention. I had no idea I hurt you. Rather than, well, when you said this, it made me feel attacked, right? There's a big difference in the tone and in the way you approach a person. And so, um, you know, it's, it's definitely a lot of learning. Marriage is all about communication. And, and you're, all, you know, there's always going to be something in your marriage, but that's the beauty of marriage. It sharpens us and makes us, um, you know, it makes us um, more, you know, together. We work together to be more beautiful and, and, more like and more like Jesus. Exactly. And so that's really the, the beauty of marriage is that it's not perfect, but we're working towards making sure that our marriage is better every single day and that it reflects and that it, it demonstrates God's glory through our lives. Mm-hmm. And so hope that helps. And so we have uh, three more funny questions that I, I really uh, like uh, in that I'm someone excited. Someone was really hungry. Someone I was. Think. I think someone was hungry during that moment because they're like, "Man, what if you're tired of making breakfast for your husband and you want to sleep in?" Then sleep in, man. Girl. Nah, girl, get up and sleep cook. <laughs> Let him do it. Oh man, that's a fun question. And so, no, <laughs> definitely, I would say whoever asked this question, have you talked to your husband? Right. This is where communication comes in. Have you talked to your husband and you're like, hey, babe, I'm really tired. Can you make breakfast this morning and want to sleep in? Like, talk to your husband about this. Chances are maybe he doesn't even know or realize it. Like, oh, she's tired. So let me come in and, and make breakfast. I know another thing that's helped our marriage is we talk through like, you know, we kind of have a little bit of a schedule, right? Of like, hey, you know what? Saturday, Sundays, babe, you cook. I'll cook the rest of the week. Okay, great. That's awesome, right? Like, talk through these things. Um, you know, what's going to you know, your family dynamic, like there's different seasons, right? Right now, Damaris in this season has been cooking a little bit more uh, because I'm, I'm doing a lot more things. But you on, do more breakfast. I do. Yeah. I make breakfasts a lot more, but you make lunches and dinners, mm-hmm. right? But every season changes. But again, it's all about the way you communicate it. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, there are the moments where I'm like, you know what, babe, I know it's my day, but can you cook breakfast this morning, right? And so, again, it all comes down to communication um, and working together as a team. <laughs> and, yeah, come on, hubby. G- get up. Go cook. Cook for your bride. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> awesome. The other question is, what if you don't like your wife's <laughs> cooking, but you don't want to tell her because you don't want to make her feel bad? Oh, Equally. no. Martin loves oh, all my man. cooking, and he eats it with a happy Ooh. face. Be grateful, fam. Be grateful, bro. <laughs> no, same thing. I think even goes back to that first question. How how has your families impacted the way you look at relationships, right? right? Like the way maybe you saw your mom cooking for your dad all the time, or vice versa. Like maybe maybe some of those mindsets are they're gonna come in the way you want to do daily life. Right. But communication, the way you handle conflict, all that stuff, like communicate. Right. Even before getting married, communicating like, well, this is how I grew up. My mom cooked all the meals. My right. dad never touched uh, the, the kitchen. stove. Like, yeah. 
in already coming in with knowing, okay, well, my husband doesn't know how to cook, so I might have to handle most of it. But I would like him to cook sooner. Right. Or not sooner, but at some point. So maybe communicating that, like, hey, I would just love for you to try and cook something, even yeah, if it's yogurt on a plate or whatever it is. Let's cook together, right? It could be a fun date night. You yeah. Know, teach your husband how to cook. And husband, you learn how to cook, right? And surprise your bride, right? And so. But so for this too. question specifically, what if you don't like your wife's cooking, but you don't want to tell her? Babe, do you love online cooking? The answer is no. Oh, I don't. wow. <laughs> the answer is no. But, um, you know, one of the things that I've learned is to be grateful at the fact that one, she didn't really grow up cooking. No. Uh, if anything, I grew up cooking a little I'm more. I'm Mexican, than... but I do not cook. <laughs> Ma'am, I don't know how to make frijoles. I don't, <laughs> don't call me to make beans or rice. I have no idea how to make. I make rice on my Instapot. She's not your typical Mexican. No, I we'll am not. We'll say it that way. But um, ultimately, um, you know, we, we, we both talked about this because it was a bit of a point of contention our first couple of years of marriage because it's like, come on, baby. I didn't know until now. I'm just wow. kidding. <laughs> but, you know, we talked about this and she discovered like, oh, that's part of my love language. You know, like, man, it'd be nice, babe, to come home to a home cooked meal. Um, you know, and it, it, it's again, it came down to the communication factor of it. Yeah. Because I can hide it in my heart and be bitter towards it and then be bitter towards her. And that's not healthy, right? But ultimately, when I began to see her make steps towards cooking, I wasn't going to be like, yo, babe, this sucks. Like, this is not good, <laughs> right? Like, right? I was used to my mom, you know, making her, her, you know, meals, her food and everything, right? And so that's another thing. When you get married, you now get to learn to make your own dishes. You get to make, you know, your own things right? Own recipes and whatnot. Um, and so you can't have that standard of like, well, I expect her to cook like my mom. Like, no, like that doesn't work that way. Right. And so um, it's just keeping that in mind, um, but also being grateful when you do see your spouse, your bride taking steps to cook. Um, and you know, maybe this is a place where she's growing in, then there's nothing more discouraging to be like, man, this is not good when she, you know, it took her an hour and a half to cook that meal for you, right? Yeah, but at the same time, I feel like the last part of the question said, you don't want to make her feel bad. I would not not say anything. No, definitely and not. Just keep, because sooner or later, it's going to come out that you don't like that soup that she's been making for the last five years. And then that's not going to be cool either. So don't keep it in, but find a way to let her know, like, maybe you're not the biggest fan of that dish. My thing has told me, like, yeah. oh, this was good, but it's not something that I like to eat every day, you know? And and that's okay. Like, it's not personal. I say that, but sometimes I do get mad. <laughs> <laughs> so, again, it's just growing and communication and how to, how to handle conflict when you don't like what your spouse said or right. things like that. Definitely. Yeah. And the last question we have is, can the woman work while the man stays home and cleans the house? And the answer to that is yes. Yes, he can. Yes, he can. Again, Put that man to work. <laughs> <laughs> Ultimately, this is a, a, a place where both you and your spouse need to be on the same page, right? We do know of friends and alumni that, you know, um, you know, their spouse, their, their, their bride is actually the breadwinner uh, in that season. And, and the man does stay home and helps with the children and cleans and cooks and all that. And that's totally fine. But 
Again, you need to talk through these things. Uh, you need to make sure you're on the same page about it. Um, uh, and again, it's a healthy thing to think through this, pray through this, talk through this, seek counsel on this, you know, talk to other couples that maybe are in a similar situation um, and, and will ultimately lead to, to health in your marriage. Um, but yeah, that's totally okay. We, we know people that do that and it works well for them. Um, we know in our case, um, it's, it's different for us. Um, Damaris really felt in our heart. Um, you know, she wanted to stay home with the children and disciple mm -hmm. our children. And, you know, most of the time, right. Like, um, and, and that was a healthy thing. Um, but then before we had children, we both were on the mission field working together. We would come home at the same time and we'd work together on our chores at home. Right. There wasn't the expectation of like, well, you do more because no, we both came home together at the same time. We'd cook, we'd clean, do all that, that together. But ultimately, again, there's rhythms in life. There's different seasons in life. And it all comes down to communication, talking through and being very honest and raw with, with those uh, desires you have in your heart. Um, and then moving forward from there. to any of us if you have more questions or if we went through something that you're like wait i didn't understand that or i don't agree with that can you explain that a little bit more like feel free to reach out to any of our staff uh, or even to me and martin we're, we're available too we pray that this podcast blesses you encourages you in your season of singleness and courtship and in your future marriage we love you guys lord bless you Thanks for receiving and applying what you learned today. Now go make disciples of all nations. Remember, you were born to reproduce. Go find, feed, and fight for the lost lambs of God on your campus.